Welcome to Raising Up Cops, the podcast about raising Coptic kids in Western culture. Wow, has it been a long summer apart? <laughs> yes, I have one question for everybody. Did you miss us? Because we missed you. <laughs> we did. We did. Well, today we are back in regular school mode, ready to go back to our routines. And so, and I have missed talking to Madonna for sure. And today she's got kind of um, an interesting topic for us. I'm really interested to delve into it and to hear from all of you what your opinions are as well. So Madonna, tell me what you wanted us to talk about today. All right. So I just wanted to share a little bit of uh, some experience that I had a couple of weeks ago. Um, And I'm I want to let the listeners know I am specifically not going to share the very details of what I saw. And the reason that I want to do that is because I want you to be able to fill in whatever scenario that you can think of for your own children that they might encounter. So I'm I'm keeping it vague on purpose. And then I'm going to tell you how I handled this fill in the blank situation. And uh, to give you an overview of what happened, I happened to go to Walmart by myself and I was doing some back to school shopping for my kids. And as I was walking, I ran into or I saw somebody doing something that is very blatantly against our orthodox teachings and what we, um, you know, specifically tell our kids is not okay and and, or that we know it's not okay, Right. Um, And without going into detail about what I saw, it was something that is very obvious. It's very out there. It's not something I had to extrapolate or imply. It was there and in my face. Um, And so when I went home and I kept thinking about this situation, I kept for some reason feeling like I wanted to be able to share it with my kids and, but not for the sake of just, you know, scratching out their innocence and telling them this is what I saw, but I felt like there was a lesson here. And so when I went home, I I kind of prayed within myself and felt convicted that I needed to share what I saw. And so I went home and I went to talk to my husband about it. Um, But I decided to be very um, intentional about what I said. I very factually stated in front of my kids to my husband, when I was at Walmart, I saw X, Y, Z. I saw this thing. And my uh, kids were there and they had the appropriate perplexed, like, what, what, how, and all this kind of reaction. I didn't say much and I just let them kind of have their reaction and my husband had his reaction, whatever. Then they asked me, thankfully, a follow-up question. Well, what did you do, mommy? And I told them, well, to be honest with you, at first I had a really complicated reaction because At first, I was like, oh, why is this person doing that? Or why is this person acting like that? And uh, I felt a little sad inside of myself. But then I realized that my reactions were not really godly reactions. And I kept on praying inside of myself instead. And I said, Lord, help me to see these people or this person the way that you would see them. Help me to see them the way that you would or deal with them the way that you would deal with them and love with them the way that you would love with them. And at the same time, I still felt sad that they felt like that was something they needed to do or that they felt was okay to do. So I had kind of like a mixed reaction and they were like, oh, okay. And they received it really well. And it ended up becoming, Laura, this really great and beautiful discussion about how a lot of times we're going to see people doing things or um, acting certain ways or whatever that are obviously strange to us or obviously against what we think is okay. 
So what do we do in that situation? Well, we have to think of ways to see them the way that God would see them and love them. And at the same time, know not to imitate them. We have to have the skill and the wisdom to discern, is this from God? Is this not from God? The action, is it from God? Is it not from God? But always know that the person is from God and that we should love them as they are God. And it just ended up being this really, I I will say this, Laura, I walked away very happy that I had this discussion with them. But as I shared this with lots of people, I don't think it was well received that I, what they, what they saw as unnecessarily exposed my children to this kind of situation. What do you think? Well, I think you and I sort of started this conversation acknowledging that different people live in different places. And I feel like a lot of the conversations that I have with people, especially around politics, and a lot of conversations I have on the internet specifically, or I see interactions I see happening on the internet come from people who live in dramatically different circumstances and who Mm. see very different things day to day. So I think that one of the things we all need to acknowledge especially when we're trying to judge someone else's parenting choices is that we are are not living in that place in that space. And we don't know what these children could be exposed to, you know, Mm -hmm. different children have different struggles, different issues, different lessons that they need to learn and at different times. So I think that's really key. And I think that, you know, originally Madonna had texted me this story as it was happening and I didn't get the full story. You know, it was just like a two line text message. And I interpreted it as her being like coming home and being like, look at this weird thing that happened to me. And just almost like a gossip session, you know, about this person. But when Madonna described it to me further, and as she told you here, that it was not about the person, it was about her prayerful reaction to a situation. And I think that's something kids have to have modeled to them all the time. They have right. to see you thinking through how to be a real Christian in the world facing these circumstances. And that was kind of, Laura, thank you for saying that because that was kind of part of the discussion was what what do we do in the future? Because the thing is, is I didn't go into the middle of, you know, a red light district and see this crazy thing happen. You know, I didn't go into this like really, I went into a regular store that my kids easily would have come with me and have seen this situation. It's not like it was a hidden or, you know, out of sight kind of context. I was doing back to school shopping at Walmart, you know, a lot of people were there. And so I knew, and especially in the place that I live, Laura, which is something else that we touched on, like I live in a not conservative area. I mean, there is a lot that's happening in our area and I know the likelihood of my kids being exposed or seeing something of this nature. And so I knew that the reaction for me was not to hide it or to shelter in this in sense of try to avoid at all costs them seeing something like this. My goal was more preparation because I knew how likely it was for them to see something like this. And for me, it felt more appropriate and safer For me to be the first line of defense, bringing the situation at home in the safety of our home, discussing our reactions versus me seeing them or them being with me out and then them having a very public reaction because we hadn't had the chance to discuss it or encounter it or talk about it. And what was what realistically, Laura, what would I have done? I mean, would I have just like blinded their eyes and, and shuffled them away? I mean, 
that would have been totally inappropriate too for being honest. So I had to, I felt like this is something that needed to be done. I think we can take it to a di- like a completely different, um, like shift it over. You know, a lot of times, for example, we, we know as educators, we are always begging parents to bring issues to them before they see it in real life, to prepare mm-hmm. kids as much as possible. We do this with all kinds of things. We do this, for example, with um, like special needs situations. We, we teach kids that like when someone's in a wheelchair, you don't want to like be offensive to them, but at the same time, you don't want to ignore them. You want to have a conversation. You want to treat them like exactly the human beings that they are, you know, instead of being like, we don't want our kids to be like gawky or making rude comments to people, Mm -hmm. right? We teach them manners and we teach them how to treat everyone um, with the love and respect that they get, that they have learned from, from God. And so I feel like let's take away, like we already do this in neutral situations with sinful situations as well, or troubling situations. We also, they also need that kind of preparation. And I think the fact of the matter is there are several different ways you could have handled this. You could have seen it and then ignored it and never brought it up to the kids. You could have seen it and come home and talk to Danny privately about it. Mm-hmm. You, the third option that you did was that you talked about it publicly, like you talked about it with Danny, but in front of the kids. You could have also sat the kids down and had a very formal lecture type mm-hmm. <laughs> conversation that was like, I saw this and this is terrible and don't ever do this. Or, you know, it could have been a very tense, like uh, attack and you chose you had those options those four options and you prayerfully made a decision based on your kids based on where you live based on what you expect that they will enter uh, you know what they'll come across again yeah um, and i think we are all making those decisions in the day-to-day right and and laura you know um it was also not out of character for our family because you know, there's been many times that, for example, Danny comes home from work and he had a particularly tough encounter with people at work that were not doing their job or they were not being kind or they were, um, you know, just not doing what they were supposed to be doing. And normally that's a conversation that couples have on their own after the kids go to sleep and things like that. But when Danny walked in the house, he ended up having this conversation with me in front of the kids. And the kids naturally became curious and asked questions. What did this person do, Daddy? Why did he do that? Why did she do that? And we had to talk. You know, some people aren't nice. Some people just don't do what they're supposed to do. um, And we have to figure out how to deal with it. So for our family, um, I find that this has been what works for us. Our kids are curious. They love to be involved in the conversation. And it's nice that... I. Well, let me put it this way. I extrapolate out that if they see me coming home and sharing my problems, that they will come home and share their problems. I like to think that that's how it's going to play out. I have not experienced that because, as you know, um, you know, they're homeschooled. But I have seen very realistically now that a situation happened with my kids and their friends, that something they were not supposed to do at all. The other kids did not share with their parents and my kids did. And it was a situation that I ended up having to go turn around and tell their parents. That's how serious it was. Um, And they were all surprised and shocked, you know, and I'm not saying that this happened. Their kids didn't tell them because of something they did. I'm just saying I was comforted that my kids felt ready and comfortable and didn't think twice about coming to me immediately and sharing what them and their friends had done. And I feel like 
part of that is just because that's the culture we've created in our house is we just come and we share. This is what happened today. This is how we handled it. This is how we felt about it. This is how we should have handled it. This is how we should have felt about it. Very simply. And I think we know that kids learn from modeling, right? Like it's, uh, you know, they do as we do as much as we wish they wouldn't. Right. Yes. So we have to, I think, even if they don't want to come and share, um, I had a very funny conversation with my daughter. Someone had asked me if, if my kids felt comfortable enough to share about their crushes. And I like, I was like, I hope so. I don't know. And I turned to my daughter and she was, she made this face that told me absolutely not. (laughs) Like (laughs) we're not having this conversation. (laughs) You know, despite all of my best efforts, but the fact is, okay, let's say they don't come and share with you or it's not, you know, they're entitled to their privacy. Sometimes they want to handle things on their own. When right. we model like this, they at least have a template to go from. They have yes. an idea of what to do in that Christian, Orthodox, Coptic realm of things. They at least have a template. I think that's really important. Yes, I absolutely agree with that. And I and I do know, and I'm not naive to think that they're going to come running home and telling me every little detail. I know there's going to be things they're not going to share. I know there's going to be secrets they're going to want to keep with each other, from each other, from us. I get that. But at least I know that um, we're doing our best with making it n- not one-sided. And I feel like that's key because I know that growing up, and to my parents, I think they grew up with this very, um, you know, sheltered view of keep kids out of every problem keep kids out of every bad situation they just need to focus on their studies and be happy and that's it and um guess what we kind of did the same thing back to our parents not purposely like trying to keep them out of it but that was just what we knew you don't share these issues and that's the way that we do things um and i didn't want that in our in our home and i know that most of us don't want that in our home so I just thought I would share and uh, I don't know what kind of feedback I'm going to get about this. <laughs> well, I think in our house, actually, it was common to have a lot of these conversations and we did, you know, mom and dad weren't afraid to like bring home problems for um, what's the word workshopping together. <laughs> yes. Nice. But I, I read recently like a, you know, uh, like a, one of those memes or whatever that was saying like, again, pushing that narrative that like don't bring kids into adult problems and I think that there is for sure like a line or like a, oh for sure there's there, a boundary there right like what we should we should have the wisdom to know what kind of conversations that we have with in front of our kids and what kind we don't but for example like for mild arguments between me and my husband I don't hide those from the kids and I mm-hmm. let them see the disagreement how it works how it plays out the um, like making up afterwards and how we problem solve or conflict resolve or whatever. Um, I mean, thank God we don't have any bigger problems than that, but you know, yes. letting the kids see that like, yeah, you can disagree, have a mini fight, make up, everything will be all better. Like, I think that's so important. And that's the key part is the, is the resolution. Like they're not just part of the the problem. They are also part of the solution. <laughs> they're part of seeing how it gets resolved at the end. And I think that that's, yeah, that's key for them for sure. And I think that could be a whole nother podcast episode about like not drawing our kids where our kids belong in our marital issues, I think is something that we really um, Absolutely. hope that everyone is aware <laughs> of the boundaries, but maybe we need to have a conversation 
about not pulling kids into the center, for example, of a marital yes. problem or making them a mediator between mom and dad. That's like a whole nother Amen. issue. <laughs> We're going to need to write that down. That is now a I'm really like good spiraling one. out into a different <laughs> issue. But for now, sometimes you're going to need to, you're going to see things. You're going to come across situations. And if you can front load your kid's reaction, you won't mm-hmm. be in Walmart with them going, oh my God, mom, look at that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure and that's definitely something that I would be mortified if it happened you know you don't want that but it's going to be hard to avoid but this is kind of my one possible solution to offer you all so um with that being said to all of our listeners we thank you guys for joining us again after the super long break we're happy to be back um but we do want you to know that you know your kids best you know your situation best you know the culture in your house and the culture around where you are the best and so do whatever you can according to what you know and uh above all they belong to god they don't belong to us and god will take care of whatever the situation even if things happen that you didn't control or front load or whatever it doesn't mean it's a disaster. It doesn't mean that it's too late. It doesn't mean anything, but just offering up ideas out there on our humble Raising Up Cops podcast. <laughs> and yeah, and just know that as long as decisions are being taken prayerfully, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Amen. <laughs> um, we would love it if you rated our podcast and gave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. And please do send us feedback at raisingupcops at gmail.com or on Instagram at Madonna underscore rights or at Coptic Laura. Um, and we will talk to you next time. Raising Up Cops is a production of Coptic Dad and Mom. This podcast is hosted by Laura Michael and Madonna Lawindi. None of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the Coptic Orthodox Church or its hierarchy. These are our personal opinions, collected experiences, and organic discussions on selected topics. If you'd like to reach out with any questions or comments, you can reach us at raisingupcops at gmail.com.